welcome to the podcast that takes a light-hearted look at lesser-known London stories with your own personal blue badge professional tourist guides. She's Fiona. And she's Alex. And this is the Ladies in London podcast. Hello. Welcome, welcome. How are you all doing? Good, lovely. Yep, great. That was a pause. That was a pause. Yeah, good, good. Go on, tell us all your news, all of it in one go. Quickly, quickly, come on. Yay, that's Very fabulous. Very interesting, goodness me. How are you, Fiona? <laughs> I'm all right. Good. It's still it's still hot, it's still busy, mind you. Yeah. I don't know. This time of year, it's just, it's all about the weather. Maybe because we're outdoors so much. Maybe. That it, it has quite a impact. It's been disgustingly hot. Friday and Saturday were super hot and I didn't think I was had like jam-packed days but I I walked 20,000 steps both days (laughs) and by Saturday night Sunday morning I was just like ah yeah well you can't so by listeners it was my birthday on friday last week and i had a a little (laughs) thank you and had a little party on on saturday which fiona came after work bless her now that's commitment and i just spent the entirety of saturday sweating it was just disgusting and i mostly just potted around the house and okay I, i do want to know though who in whose brilliant brain it was that in hot weather barbecues are a good thing because yeah. it just added because yeah. <laughs> oh, you said oh come in come in look i'll just i'll just put a few more sausages on and then and then you lit some more charcoal yeah because the, like, <laughs> the other ones had gone the other ones had gone i know it's, and i was thinking yeah, this is insane absolutely insane but we had a lovely party didn't we? it was very nice it um, was a couple of guides there loads of lovely friends and um it was a low-key birthday for me for obvious reasons this year um but yeah it was absolutely wonderful Yes, and I then very, that. and then very sadly, um, two days after that, my lovely pet Fraggle died. So I'm very sad at the moment. Um, so it's been a bit of a rubbish year, to be honest. Mm. Your your cake was appropriate. <laughs> my cake was appropriate. I did a big cake in the shape of a massive poo, um, <laughs> which I made myself, and it did look like a poo. Not- I might I might put something on my it- social. I haven't done my socials for ages, but it um it looked like a massive poo, and I covered it in glitter as well because you know. <laughs> Yeah. You can't polish a turd, but you can try. And it, but it was very tasty. It was tasty. More, more tasty than that sounds. Yeah, kind of. You know, more tasty than a, a, yeah. a poo, poo cake should have been. But anyway, yeah. So yeah, so it's been a bit of yeah. a oh, this, this year just keeps yeah kicking me in the guts. But um, hey ho, we we continue. We're gonna get through it, and uh, yeah, just uh, a bit yeah. of a sad week with Fraggle going. But hey, it's one of those yeah. ones. I hope you're all having a better week though. I mean, uh, I, I don't want to tempt fate, but I, I think it might be hard to find someone who's having a worse week. Than... <laughs> I know. So what that means, actually, listeners, is partly because um, I've got, we've got to, I'm going back to my parents to bury Fraggle, but also because I've got chemo this week, there's a chance I might not make the outing on the 1st of July to the concert, but Fiona will still be there. I'm going to try and be there, um, but I'm not quite sure at the minute, but uh, Fiona will be there, won't you, for the lovely yes. concert for the Match Girls. Yes, it's very absolutely. Exciting. Yes. Um, so, so come along, come along and say hello. If you're coming along, let us know. I might put a little thing up on the uh, on the social media. I'm sorry, I haven't done anything on socials for ages because I've basically just been trying to get through this year um, and I haven't had the brain space, but I will try and get back onto that. But if you are coming, I realise it's been fairly last minute notice, but if you are, um, please let us know because it would be lovely to see you. Um, and we yeah. can report back as to as to how the music was. Um, I'm sure it's going to be gorgeous. 
Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Any parish notices before we get into the podcast? Um, I don't think I think there I'm clear. are. No. There was something. There was something during the week that I saw, and I thought, oh, I should mention that just because it's a thing that's that, that's going to happen in London, and it's a good thing. And <laughs> can I remember Completely what it forgot. was? No, no, no. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll come to us. Hopefully it'll come yeah. to us. Yeah, so it might come to us before the end, in which case we'll let you know. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I read it on a on a thing about things going on in London. This so is almost as good as my you... one last week about having read about Mrs. Beaton's husband but not being able to remember what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it, but it's out there in the world already. It's not like a sneak preview of exciting yeah. news. It's just a thing that's going on. And I should say, uh, in the post today, my Eliza Acton book arrived. I did, I did order <gasps> that book. Oh. Um, so I haven't had a chance to ever flip through it yet because I'm all a bit you know discombobulated right now but um, I will have a look and I will see if I can construct something that takes three hours to boil <laughs> or whatever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have or a, some sort of elaborate jelly yeah like she might have elaborate jellies elaborate jelly but maybe we'll less so than Mrs Beaton I don't know we'll find out I'll have a flip yeah. through I'll, 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 I'll report back yeah okay I'm now thinking what is the thing that we can do kind of in tribute for this week's talk and I'm I'm not sure. I'm going to leave yeah. that thought with you at the end. How do we right. how do we commemorate? Um, it's another lady. Oh, okay. So Fiona's very kindly taken on the mantle again this week because I'm all a bit all over the shop. Um, so it's another Fiona special, and it's another yeah. Lady. It's another lady. Okay. It's another lady who has a number of statues actually Ooh, around London. Good. Yeah. So, so there was a point when you, you've talked about Ada Salter. I know with, yes, with Emily, very well, many, early on. Many, gosh, yeah, yeah super early. And when her statue was added to that family group, she was sort of quoted as being something like the eighth or ninth statue of a woman mm. in London. And of those other women, one was Queen Victoria and two were Queen Anne. Yeah. And you kind of think, okay, so that's so that's so where who, <laughs> yeah and so then i was thinking so who were the other women you know who are the women who do get those early statues mm. and why are they commemorated so much and so i thought well i'll go back and have a look and see who they are and um two of them are nurses good sort of feminine professions you know mm. caring blah, blah, blah. um but our our person we're going to talk about today is an actress Ooh. Uh, a welsh actress Okay. Uh, Sarah Siddons. Now, you know, she's been on my list for a while, and I don't know why I haven't pulled her forward sooner. Um, uh-huh. Because I've always wanted to know a little bit more about her. Well, now I don't have to do the work because you've done no, it for I'm me. I'm going to tell brilliant. you all about it. Yeah. Yes. So we're going to start our story in 1783. Cast your minds back. When, yeah, just, you know. Just before last Tuesday, go back a bit further, 1783. <laughs> uh, so we're talking end of the Georgian era, um, and she appears in the Theatre Royal, Drury Lane, and has an absolute triumph. Mm. Um, so much so that she then sort of stays working at the Theatre Royal for about 17, 18, 19 years, 18, wow. 19 years. A little bit on and off. She goes off and does other things as well. Other things, and she was known. Uh, was there a question in there? Uh, there was a question forming, no. but but no. Carry on. <laughs> uh, so she she particularly was known for her her tragic heroines. Mm. Um, so I, I don't know what the rules about good luck and bad luck are, but uh, let's call her Lady M. 
okay. from the Scottish play. Yes. Just in case. Just in case. <laughs> Just in I case. Yeah, I don't know no. if, if the bad luck rules kind of go on to a podcast or not but let's let's i've had my, my share of bad luck this but, year so let's not you know let, yeah. yeah um and um she was somewhat she seems like she brought real kind of human emotional qualities to character she played them as rounded characters mm-hmm. um she was one of the few people who used to read the whole play which oh. seems a bit mad to us now <laughs> like obviously you read the whole play if you're going to be in it but you know, go back to Shakespearean era, mm. and each actor only gets their prompt script, so they yeah. only get their parts because they didn't and, have the printing the way we do now. And yeah, you know, exactly. Sort of and so that that sort of the legacy of that is that still in the 1700s, you get quite a lot of actors who read their part and not the bits in between, and they don't know what's going on in the rest of the play. <laughs> She obviously went, do you know what? Maybe my character gets mentioned at other times. Maybe there's something useful I can learn from reading. His backstory. Yeah. So she actually used to sit in the wings and, and, and watch the entire play at times, which, you know, brilliant idea. <laughs> seems like. Yeah. And actually, um, kind of just calling back to, to when we were doing, talking about theatre licensing, we talked about Charles Macklin, who we remember for stabbing. But yeah. he was also, you know, portraying characters in a more kind of like they weren't just good or bad they were kind of um you know rounded individuals and things and and, and that's about the same time he's a little bit ahead of her but it, you know roughly the same kind of era in a way so so it's a it's a it's a move that's sort of happening and things but what i found quite extraordinary is that she played quite a lot of parts while quite pregnant right um, now that's intriguing yeah, because especially so we'll, back we'll, then, like pregnant women were often shut off, and you know, once you kind of started showing, you were behind closed doors, and then lying in hospitals and stuff like that. Yeah, all Gosh, of that. That's quite so, groundbreaking. Um, so we'll, we'll come back to one of the examples of that in a moment. But um, if you're thinking about playing Lady M- Lady M, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there is there is that speech that she has about I have given suck and know how tender it is to love the babe that milks me I would while it was and I can't remember the rest but it carries on dash its brains out had I so sworn to do so blah 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 Mm. but it's like you know they don't have a child as a couple but it seems like she has had a child so right where where is that child gone and does that is that something that motivates Lady Macbeth to um I can't keep up the letters uh you know to act the way she does and blah 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 and she she was one of the first people to kind of play her as a mother or a potential mother you know but but also to be doing that while actually pregnant is it's almost sort of stretching the bounds of um uh like nowadays we have lots of you know um, more likely to have gender blind casting or you know color blind casting or whatever but yeah but um that's an intriguing version of it um but she also played hamlet quite a lot of times um that's interesting because we've just had in the last week haven't we um another woman very famous for playing a traditionally male character in shakespeare's plays uh that of king lear um, oh yeah, who who died oh, this this week? Um, yes, her name yes, Glenda Jackson. Jackson. Thank you, Glenda Jackson. Glenda, who um, was who was almost my MP. No, I was never in, but she was <laughs> she was the next consi- next constituency over to me when I was growing up. Um, and yeah, and by all accounts, a very you know good 
good local, you know, hardworking, yeah. well-liked I should, constituency. I should also say, talking of mothers, um, if you can hear rustling in the background, my mum's just come back from the shop, so she's putting some things away. <laughs> <laughs> so apologies if you can hear rustling in the background, gang, but that's what that is. <laughs> um yeah so sorry back to uh, lady M yes. and uh, yeah no yeah so so she you know and also back then you did have women playing kind of men on stage but they were like breaches roles they were known as so you get um character in fact it's not it's not female actresses playing men it's female characters playing men within the play yes so all those sort of shakespearean parts where people dress up as the opposite sex and then it all gets very confusing and things yeah. That that was one thing which happened quite a lot, but it was a quite different thing for a woman to play an actual male part. Yeah. Um. So she was she was a superstar of her. And so she was playing age. these parts while she was pregnant. These these male roles. I don't know about the male roles particularly, but she she had six kids. Um. So. She, some of them maybe she, she, but she played Hamlet on and off quite a few times over about 30 years right. um, so yeah um, also worth saying actually of her six children only two survived her oh yikes so one one died as a very infant one died age six and then there were two older daughters there were so there were, I think six daughters um, and at, at at least two died, you know, in adulthood, but before her yeah. um, as well. So, you know, not, um, yeah, heartbreakingly. That's, that's, that's dreadful. Um, yeah, that's really dreadful. But um, she wasn't an overnight sensation. So let's just go back. So that was 1783, appears on the London stage, blows everyone away, is then painted by Gainsborough and Reynolds and Thomas Lawrence and, you know, all of the best, biggest names of um, of portraiture at that time. Um, but if we go back to 1775, so what's that? Eight years earlier. <laughs> Just Quick maths. Maths. <laughs> panic, panic. <laughs> uh, she has another season at the Theatre Royal, Drury Lane. Um, this time was David Garrick. It was his last season that he was actor-manager there. And she arrives, and she was not a success at all. And people have said maybe maybe she was kind of intimidated by London. It was the first time she'd been to London. Um, maybe he had brought her in, actually, as part of political manoeuvrings within the other cast, so he wanted her to sort of be a kind of upstart to annoy the other two established actresses yeah. who were there maybe um but also actually she had just had her second child at that point and she'd gone into labor while on stage somewhere else what really and her her daughter was born prematurely and then she gets this job in london and she has to go because it's london you know oh, it's like goodness, what? yeah so so maybe also she was a bit worn out and you know maybe there's <laughs> lots of good reasons why she wasn't a great success that that first yeah yeah but she kind of went back to the to the provinces actually she, then she then she had a very successful run in uh, for a few years in bath lived in bath quite happily for a while and things but actually she was from a, a sort of um 
theatrical dynasty uh, is the only word for it. And quite a few of her siblings were actors as well. She was the eldest of 12, and I think eight of them went into the theatre. Oh, so so it's a dynasty. It's a proper dynasty. It's it's absolutely a dynasty. And I'd never put them two together because um, Siddle is her married name, but her her, uh, maiden name is Kemble. Oh, okay. Now, Kemble, Kemble, that's ringing a bell. Yes, there's a Kemble Street. Right. Um, If you round about Covent Garden, there's quite a few streets that were, uh, you know, slum clearance streets, basically, that were put in, I think, late... 1800 something like that and there's there's Keane and Kemble and Garrick as well and they're all they're all named after actors so her brother I think is probably the most famous um who was Charles Charles something Kemble but there's a few of them and actually her grandfather started the theatrical troupe um and what I quite like is that um, well, he was quite influenced with John by John Wesley, so oh, his troop, as in the as in the, the, as in the, the, the preacher, preacher guy, yeah. yes, yeah, the father of grandfather wow. of Methodism and things. So, although like traveling circus troops probably have a slightly dodgy reputation, and you think, oh, there might be all sorts of goings on, and you know, <laughs> morally, blah blah blah. No, not a bit of it. John Ward, Sarah's grandfather, actually straight laced, no, no. Um, funny business at all because of Wesley's influence. No, no jiggery pokery. Oh no, no, no. no. Um, and they were around Warwickshire, okay, and and sort of uh, in and out of Wales and things. I think. And um, one of his daughters wants to marry one of his actors, and he's very against this to start with. Um, and eventually, is persuaded it's okay. And he may, maybe the actor actually wasn't. He wasn't that good an actor. Um, So this has become Sarah's father, as it were. But what the grandfather says to his daughter is, well, my dear, you have not disobeyed me. The devil himself could not make an actor out of your husband. Oh, that's a bit harsh. (laughs) Which is a bit harsh given he's employed him in his theatrical troupe. Yeah. Um, But there you go. Um, So so Roger, uh, uh, Roger Kemble, gets married to um, Sally, who's Sarah's mother. And Roger is Catholic and Sally is Protestant. And they have these 12 children. Um, So all the boys are brought up Catholic and the girls are brought up Protestant. No. Yes. Now, isn't that a fabulous kind of... That's that's hilarious. Yes. That's like just divide (laughs) straight down the middle. Easy as. That's it. Oh, oh my god! How funny. That's really so, odd. Yeah, and and you, you, I mean, I always, I always think with with religion. I'm I'm not religiously inclined, but I kind of have quite a lot of respect for the people. If you're going to do it, do it properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and go for it. But then that does make it quite difficult to be inclusive and you know ecumenical and friends with everyone else because surely if you believe a thing wholeheartedly but i know i know a lot of people say there's a lot of overlap between different faiths and we can celebrate the where we overlap and not worry about 
the dis- differences may be too much and things. But anyway, that that seemed a really intriguing solution. Yeah, oh my gosh, uh, I love that to that to that situation. Um, so yeah, so and, and the first re- record we have of Sarah actually performing um, is her age twelve uh, doing doing something, and in that same play. One of her younger brothers, who I think is eight, is is also in the cast. So you know she could well have been a trooper, going been going for a few years by the time she gets to be twelve. Um, and but she also manages to have a few years in a school, in a permanent school. So even though they're travelling around doing performances, they're obviously they have a base and things. Yeah. Um, and then she goes off for a bit to be a, a sort of companion to a rich widow and a companion now is that is that the sort of thing where they kind of i don't know read and and, and do i think cross stitch together so. and things like that yes and it seems like more like a paid friend than yeah. a member of staff right kind of in a way and it seems like that stands her in quite good stead because that's her one sort of glimpse into that world of you know aristocratic mm. um life yeah and later on, when she's super successful, she goes to court and she goes and appears at court um, uh, to Queen Charlotte, who is, uh, of course, uh, Bridgerton yep. era, Queen yep. Charlotte, as it were, and um, the wife of George III. And, you know, the, the dresses, sack dresses in those days, the, the, they're the really mad wide skirted narrow front to back but massively massively wide and big kind of capes off your shoulders and things and quite quite difficult to walk in and all those kind of things i'm sure and there was this comment about her that she she looked entirely at at ease in in court even though she wasn't used to wearing these dresses and things and someone remarked upon it and she sort of oh i've you know i've never been before but they were like oh but you're so poised and (laughs) so so training darling I went to Rada. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, she she does this sort of companionship bit, for, and then and then gets married. And she, age nineteen, I uh, know she's a bit younger, but she falls in love with um, an actor in in her parents' oh, age. Don't do that. <laughs> Ten years older. Um, he's not the best prospect. There is someone else who is a suitor, who is a local farmer who is actually you know on paper much much more promising kind of um career wise and things but she um she says no she wants to marry william siddons and um and they seem to have been reasonably happy for about 30 years together Mm. they eventually kind of drifted apart but she was a better actress than he was an actor. Ah. Uh, So a little bit repeating the previous generation, perhaps. But it seems like he he kind of started to take care of the kids as well. Which, again, is like... Very unusual for that era. Yeah, exactly. And and slightly sort of became her manager, so he was, like, doing the deals with the theatres and... Well, that's really good. Like, Like, if he's not as good of an actor as she, then know where your strengths lie, man. You know, go into the... the, uh, the admin side absolutely everyone needs a bit of admin yeah so i was quite sort of pleasingly i thought yeah that's that's good um but and and well there is a suggestion that like she worked really hard because he was quite sort of greedy so he kept making her work but actually many many times she said i'm going to retire i'm going to retire and when i've got x amount of money in the bank i will retire and x amount of money i think was about ten thousand pounds right which was a hefty 
some in those days. But even when she had quite a lot more than that, she never retired. And I mean, actors don't, do they? They just keep no. pottering on because why not? It's such fun, you know. Yeah. Um, so and even after she'd sort of wasn't doing whole season, she'd come back for like benefit performances Classic, and just yeah. do bits here and there. I've like retired, that. except for the odd thing. You, know, you haven't retired at all of you. You just scaled down you just, a bit. You're just on. carrying on. <laughs> yeah. So now she does one thing that caught my eye. She cropped up in something that I talk about sometimes in Covent Garden, which is the Old Price Riots. Ooh, I, I can't remember this. whether we've... Ah, okay. No. So, the Royal Opera House. Grand old theatre of London, very respectable, opera, ballet, blah, blah, blah. But they had a couple of series... A couple of occasions they had riots in the Opera House. As you do. And one of them was after the theatre had burnt down, which is the other thing theatres are always doing. So they rebuild the theatre. And having rebuilt, they put up the prices to pay for the rebuilding, which, I mean, you know, reasonable in a way. But uh, the, 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 the public were not impressed by this. So what they would do was go in and buy a ticket at the new price, let's remember, sit down, wait for the show to start. And then as soon as the kind of overture began, some of them would just stand up and turn their backs to the stage. <gasps> But some oh. of them had a special old price riot dance that Brilliant. they did. And some of them had maracas or whatever, you know, the, maybe not maracas, but something like that. And they would chant, old price, old price, old price. Really? Oh, my goodness. And this went on. This went on and on and on for, I don't know, six weeks or so before the management went, OK, look, just have the old prices back. <laughs> maybe we should do that. Maybe we should so, do that again. Yeah. You have, to get, you have to get enough people to join in. Otherwise, it's going to be... I mean, the price of, of West End tickets but, now, I, I imagine there'd be a few people that would be, well, wouldn't be averse to writing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, people buying tickets at the new price to protest about the price of the tickets. That's a devotion to... to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I've always felt slightly sorry for the people on stage while this was going on, but I, I hadn't really thought about who it was. Turns out one of them was Sarah Siddons. Wow. So one of her seasons there was, was quite disrupted by... The old price dances. Right. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but she does have. So, so right at the beginning, I was talking about statues, and she has a statue in London. In do you do you know where she is? No, I feel like I should because she is such an, a legendary name, and I am very much stalling for time here. Yeah. Uh, She's, because no, but I'm going to assume it's like in in the theatre, Rodery Lane, or on the front of it, or something like that. No, no, no. And I think that's why it's one that would be very easy to overlook if you were like counting off statues on your fingers. Um, it's where she was buried in St Mary's Paddington Churchyard, oh, okay. which then the churchyard eventually became a kind of just a bit of green space, and a lot of the burials were moved somewhere else there was a handful that were kept and she's one of the ones that was kept so i think um i can't now picture it i i, I, I i've seen her statue in the flesh but i didn't notice whether her wow. grave was nearby or not but it's sort okay. of it's been quite nearby so it's now it's called paddington green and it's a bit of green space just north of the west way 
Okay. So just where, uh, if you know London, the elevated road of the Westway kind of goes up into the air. It's kind of in the first bit of elevated yeah. motorway. So when you're coming out of London, you can have a look over towards, well, it's the Paddington Basin, isn't it, really? And the St Mary's Hospital and all yeah, of that. Yeah, exactly. Where and all the around there. And, stuff. and there is a, a slightly odd patch of... It's a little bit bleak. It's sort of flat grass, and it's right alongside a really busy road now. So it's it's not the most fabulously scenic location, but it is. Um, I mean, it's logical. It's where where she was buried, and five thousand people went to her funeral. Wow. Um, and she died. Let me just go back and see. So she was born seventeen fifty five, and she died in eighteen thirty one. Oh, so yeah. So 70 or six, six, something like that. Um, And she gets the statue in 1897. You said she's got more than one statue. Yes. Well, the other one, there's another one indoors. Ah, now is this the actor's church possibly? No. No? Okay. Um, Where else? There's something about that that's right. In a church? in a church okay <laughs> uh where else would that be then not the savoy church not the savoy church no, no. i don't know pass St Paul's. No, no try the other one other one bigger bigger westminster abbey westminster abbey there's never a sculpture to her there there is where there is well so uh, it's a place okay. that none of us... See, when we go as guys around Westminster Abbey, we do have... It's one of the places where the Abbey kind of goes, okay, these are the places we yeah. want you to guide because otherwise there's some corners that are really small and it's it just... You, you can imagine Lock if we try to take people in and... Yeah. So it's one of the chapels we don't tend to go into. It's okay. St Andrew's Chapel, which is behind General Wolfe. So it's kind of alongside the north transept. Now, I send people in that one quite a lot. I don't Ah. go in, if anyone from Westminster Abbey is listening. I don't go in. Never go in. But I send people in there because that is the one that has the incredible sculpture, which I put recently on my stories on Instagram, actually, um, of the... Now, again, my brain is just not working at the minute, but the man and his wife elizabeth is her name and she's died in childbirth and the sculpture the, the, the skeleton is coming out from underneath oh and trying to get her and the, the detail on it is utterly incredible um and i'm i'm pretty sure if it's where that they're behind general wolf so that must be that one okay yeah so kind of behind general wolf there's like three chapels side by side or in, in i don't know whether they're like whether you can get through them from general wolf or whether you get to some of them through the north transept through the statesman's aisle um so it's not quite clear but st andrews is the one the furthest away from the center of the church as it were so Uh, she's sort of behind george canning if that then i think that might not be that one that i can access i think that must be behind that which you must only be able to access it might not actually be open i don't think that's open to the public is it no and because because they've got you know that that's near where the sort of the audio guides are given yeah, out the and the tickets it? desk and things like that and i think it might not be open so i think her so she's brother... got an audience of zero sarah yeah. no that's so sad I know. and i was i was there recently and i was talking to one of the marshals about um noel coward 
because he's mm-hmm. not in not quite in poet's corner he's kind of slightly off and on his on his own and yeah. someone else pointed out um sybil thorndyke who is just beyond noel coward and again mm-hmm. sort of in a path that is not normally open all the time and it struck me that there's quite a few actresses dotted around the abbey not you know afra ben is there who you've talked yeah. about on the pod as well she's out in the cloisters along with she anne bracegirdle yeah fabulous name anne bracegirdle <laughs> my favorite um, name in the abbey actually completely going off at tangent is one which is connop thirlwall <laughs> connop i love that as a name connop connop thirlwall it's a really tricky one That's to get your, get your tongue and lips around but yeah connop thirlwall yeah what <laughs> anyway. did he do absolutely no way? idea just love the name no, he's on the way enough. as you're coming out this is very nerdy now gang sorry this is me just giving Fiona directions as you are yeah. leaving Poets Corner to go out into the cloisters he's one of those last tombs that you, you walk over and I've just always okay. enjoyed his name no clue what he yeah. did dead white guy no idea um, but you know okay. one of 3,000 burials and uh, just think his name yeah. is great Come yeah up, I'm with you I'm with that. that can be Emily's so- third baby <laughs> um yeah, so there's a, I think there's a bust of her brother, and she's got a larger-than-life statue. And are we um, talking so, honkers here? She's got a couple of high-beam uh, headlights going on? Is that what you mean? Oh, no, not necessarily. I'm going to have oh, to have okay. a look now, because I did find a picture of it. I thought you were uh, saying that in a way of a... She's me... very, very heavily no, no, chested. No, 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 just, no. Just, like, taller than... Oh, I see, OK. Uh, no, she, she looked quite drapey. She's very very decently covered oh good good absolutely she's got a nice pair of flip-flops and then robes <laughs> and, a, and a kind of scroll in pair her hat and a bit of headdress very kind of greek do i mean greek sort of caryatid ish like yeah, those okay. sort of ladies you get yeah. on a and, and, and we'll put some pictures on the um on the show notes and things so you yeah. can see because that she's got a lot of portraits kind of like I yeah. mentioned at the beginning as well. Um, and Thomas Lawrence was the person who painted her most often. And uh, he painted her 14 times. Casual. Not obsessed at all, mate. Not obsessed, no. <laughs> Several of those times were before he was, when he was younger than 13. So by the time he was 13, oh. he'd already painted her a few times. That's and that's creepy. around about, that's just before she's really got successful. So... He obviously they, they met. Um, I, I mean, think. that does smack of teenage no. boy putting, uh, you know, pictures of Pamela Anderson yeah. up in their wall, doesn't it? <laughs> a little yeah, bit. Slightly, yes. But, but <laughs> uh, they stayed friends. They stayed friends for a long time. And there was there was possibly rumours of something a bit more than friendship with okay. him, um, as there was slightly with one other gentleman. But generally, she was very, very kind of respectable and and, and sort of blurred. Well, no, let's not go there for now. Let's go, stay on this track. So so Thomas Lawrence then really falls for one of Sarah's daughters. Um, oh, this is getting creepier. Thomas, what's wrong with you, yeah. mate? Yeah. So he is a little bit younger than her, um, but I think probably a little bit older than her daughter. So um, first of all, there's a worrying phrase. He <laughs> proposes to... Um, Maria. Right. Which is the daughter. Which is the daughter. Okay. Yes. I'm just checking that I've got this the right way round. Yes, I think Maria, the daughter. And to start with, Sarah and um, William, her husband, not not happy with this particularly. 
But Thomas persists and eventually they go, okay, fine, uh, you can get married. And then I think it turns out that Maria is very ill and Thomas says, actually, no, I, no, change my mind. He bangs out of it. So he's then he's a nice guy, released, this guy. released from his engagement. Right. And then proposes to Sally, the other daughter. Oh, crying out loud. So... This is there a bit creepy. Like he can't, he can't have Sarah, so he's going to go through her daughters, but just you know, mm. selecting the, the, the most viable option. Yeah, but Sarah did say to somebody else in passing when she died, she wanted her brother and Thomas to carry the coffin. So she was obviously, unless that's some weird revenge. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it seems like they they stayed friendly Gosh. throughout her life. And actually, he died before her, so there was no he didn't he didn't do the coffin bit um but yeah so that's that's sort of just slightly weird um she also and you'll like this she has a an electric engine Uh, there is one called sarah siddons now do you remember when for the she doesn't own it no she doesn't own it no no it's called sarah siddons it's named after her Yes, I'm, this is like things things that we have from of her that, that keep sort of surviving as okay. well. So when the Metropolitan Line was, what was it, 100 years old, Yeah. 10 years ago, 150 years, 150, 150 years, years old. I was going to say, ago. I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, um, they ran some steam trains down down the Met yeah. a few, for a few weekends, whatever. So at one end of that train was a steam engine number one met whatever uh, but at the other end was sarah siddons and Fantastic. people who are interested in electric engines think that she is an interesting engine in in her own right kind of so if i can find a way of putting the little bit i've got a bit of film of that i'll see if i can put put that on and That's most great. people are like oh number one the met at the front with the steam but actually sarah siddons was doing now, so this is well. really interesting so what is it about her that has kind of endured so much that, you know, she's back in the 1700s that in the, yeah. well, 20th and 21st century, um, she's still she's still quite a, a, quite a presence in her name. What, what is it about her yeah. in particular that, that I makes her such I a... Because, I mean, it's, it's a name that people know. And, you know, she was quite a glorious... You know, the, the, the paintings painted of her, and there's some in the National Portrait Gallery, which Fact Fans has just reopened. Reopened, um, There's some yes. really gorgeous... And and Portrait there's another one at the Tate. There's mm. there's one in the National Gallery collection. And there's like, things you know, named after her. And what is it about her that that I don't know? And even her statue, the ones in Paddington Green, 1897, it was put up. So that's not immediately after she dies. No, it's about 50 years later. Yeah, but maybe she comes to represent. She she's an actress, but she's quite a sort of wholesome actress i think so maybe for victorian um sensibilities she's um she's but she also she sort of i think she seems to to exist um like the the the, between the the gap between her and the character she played is a little bit blurred right in a way so so part of her even when she was sort of being successful when she was young, like, or, you know, when she was on the stage, people would sort of almost mix her up with, with the characters that she was playing 
in a way. Um, I don't know. I think she's she's kind of like one of the first like glamorous celebrity glamorous stage actresses. Yeah, That's so and, and and started to mingle in sort of quite aristocratic circles as well. So Which like always some helps. Of the, yeah, and some of the portraits are her as like the Gainsborough one. She's quite an aristocratic looking lady, um, but other ones are as as like a, a in in character. So there's one of mm. her as Lady Macbeth, and there's one of her as the you tragic muse. Sec, I did it twice. <laughs> Hold on, I'm just going to spin around and clap. <laughs> whatever it is you have to do to ward it off. Um, so the statue in Paddington Green is a is based on a Reynolds painting of her as the tragic muse. Mm. But, and this is the thing that convinced me most that I wanted to talk about her, bizarrely, in 1952, a Sarah Siddons Society was formed in Chicago, which gives out an award every year. Okay. And the reason why, I mean, it's completely seemingly sort of random out of the blue, but 18, uh, tried, did I say 18? 1952. 1950, he said 1952. 19, okay, yeah. good. Think, so yeah. 1950, the Best Picture Oscar went to a film called All About Eve. Right. Which is about an actress and an actress kind of going up like her career. So the, the actress is called Eve. And the first scene... And the last scene of the film feature a fictional award, the Sarah Siddons Award. Okay. And we see this actress winning this award, which the statue, there's a little statuette he gets, she gets, is a version of the statue that is in Paddington Green, which was itself based oh. on the Joshua Reynolds painting. Wow. So that's all well and good. So two years later, somebody in Chicago says, well, let Let's have this award. So they take a completely fictional award from a uh, film all about Eve and, and create the Sarah Siddons Society <gasps> and award this prize to... Originally, it was people who had performed in Chicago that year. So it had to be either a touring production or a production in based in Chicago. And I think nowadays they've broadened it out. Um, and it seems to be men and women and... Um, all sorts of people have won it. Lots of big just, names. Just the one prize, just the one, one shebang. I, I, I think there might now be more than one. Okay. I started looking through their website and I, I didn't quite get to the, to the bottom of it. Okay. Um, but I just thought, what, what an extraordinary, extraordinary legacy, which in a way yeah. has nothing to do with her as a person. You know, it's, I love the way that it's sort of mutated through the yeah. painting to the statue to the film to the thing but you also the... think where why did the film select her of all people you know if, if there's got to be i don't know it's, it's so interesting yeah. that you know 1950 so I... which is a good what 120 130 years? years after she died yeah that suddenly plucked her name and and went she's yeah. the one we're going to go with it's, it was probably someone like, who'd come to london and done a tour with the blue badge guide is probably what it was seen the statue what, and then yeah there. and went on a tour to paddington green yes it's the it's yes. where all the cool kids are going yeah maybe maybe saw her in the abbey yeah but it um i think she's a sort of she becomes almost like an archetypal actress and but she's the counterpart to the kind of Nell Gwynn type of actress who actually we should also talk about. Mm, yeah, we should at some point. Uh, who is who is actress 
plus uh you know uh let's say let's say mistress for now yeah she's the sort of raucous rowdy fun-loving <laughs> actress as opposed to sarah who is the tragic muse um i love it gosh how fantastic yeah you always wonder it's just such a shame that we don't have you know video of, of some of these amazing people on the stage because obviously uh you know she was quite iconic and yeah yeah but but and i suspect that if we did we would look at it and go oh my god what's that because <laughs> you know in her day she was seen as being much more naturalistic and much more whatever than one of those who'd gone before but but maybe you know acting has changed so much since then that we might find it really weird to see yeah, the true. style of of that acting very true um oh also the other thing about paddington green and the west way is in the musical version of Oliver, mm. with the exclamation mark, Oliver. Oliver? Uh, it's where uh, Oliver meets the Artful Dodger. Oh, is it now? So he might have claim to fame at Paddington Green. Ah, yeah. And the statue there has been restored recently. So they've, um, someone had, I think quite deliberately sort of vandalised it. So her nose had been chipped off and various things. Right. And her toe had been broken. So... Uh, she's been lovingly restored. They have realigned her toe and reattached her nose. That's very good. So she's looking much better again. Fabulous. Now. Wow. So what, yeah, what a lovely chat about her. Thank you so much. I, yeah, like I say, she's been someone that I've wanted to explore for a little while and, and find out why her name pops up because it pops up all over the place there's like little you know people will have you know hotels will have meeting rooms named after her or they'll be like a pub or a um i don't know some sort oh of yeah she has something. a she has a pub she's as well pub. she was born in in brecon and born in a pub uh or, or suddenly lived her early life in a pub so um it was something like the leg of mutton something like that but it's yeah. now the sarah siddons so if you look up sarah siddons one of the first things you'll get is the pub as well oh, love it i mean you know a pub railway engine I mean, statue yeah. what, what more do you need i always say to people and i think i mentioned this as well back when we were talking about um mole no who was who are we talking about my name mole my, no, no not mole Cotpurse. ages ago um anyway brain's gone um that you are you can be famous in the uk but you're not really truly famous until you've had a pub named until after you. I think we're going to now upgrade this to you are like proper national pub treasure if you've also a had a train engine. Yeah. Yeah. And there Fantastic. are I mean there are quite a lot of people who do have trains named yeah. after them because most an awful lot of trains do have names. Yeah, they do. And some, you know, you don't have to be dead to get a train name, you just have to be interesting and inspiring or whatever. Yeah. Um so Sarah Sidden seems to have been. How fantastic. Yeah. Oh. Thank you so much, Fiona. What, what a great uh, a great chat about someone I, I knew very, very little about. Fast, fast, My pleasure. Maybe. Might have to pop up there and yeah. have a look at the, uh, at the sculpture. Well, now she's all nice and shiny. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go and have a look. Yeah, so I'll put um, some of the pictures. Um, a lot of the portraits are have convoluted copyright situations with them, but the ones that I can find, I will... Um, yeah, we can always uh, pop a link into some, of the, some things, of the portraits. So, yeah. um, so you might have to click through to see them. Yeah, and also if you if you were to you know do a search of Sarah Siddons portraits, you, you, a whole load will pop up online. Yeah. But um, yeah, so we'll put easy those in the show notes so, so you can access those as as per usual, gang. Thank you so much. Ooh. Well, listen, have you got any uh, any sort of final parting words for us today? Anything anyone needs to know? Upcoming tours? Anything like that? 
Uh, oh, I am. I'm oh. doing. Uh, well, the one that's the one that's been mentioned a few times before, Old London, which is kind of the city of London, Wednesday afternoon. Um, so if you're listening to this really early on Wednesday <laughs> uh, this afternoon, you could come and join me. But also um, tomorrow, I'm doing the Blitz. So Thursday afternoon, I'm doing the Blitz, which is, as yes. the name suggests, all about the Second World War. What time and where? Um, Two fifteen at St Paul's. Um, but ideally, ooh, ideally have a look at uh, Walks.com and book. So uh, or reserve reserve on there. And anything more further ahead? Da, da, da. And then we got Saturday is the the concert. Yep. And... Please let us know if you're coming. We'd love to see you. And if I can be there, I will. Um, but this week's been a bit of a bit of a sucker punch. So we'll see how I go. But yeah, we'll definitely be there. Yes. And I'm doing the Blitz the week after as well. So 6th of July, if you want a bit bit of a head warning for that. And I think I'm doing a ghost walk for you. I mean, not you personally. <laughs> but my your lovely clients. Yeah. Yes. Fantastic. Well, listen, that's it for this week, gang. Thank you all so much for coming along. Thank you. Um, we'll see you next week for some more fun. And uh, yeah, we'll see you then. Yeah. Or Bye. we'll see you at the gig on the 1st of July. Hooray. Oh, yes. Yay. Have a great one, gang. Bye. Bye.